This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we start to unlock the genome of Dragon Ball Z by examining its predecessor. everyone and welcome to hyperspace broadcast a show where two friends because we're not real friends anymore we're just oh. friends oh this is a weird way to learn <laughs> yeah i'm sorry peter i hate to break it to you this way uh but yeah two two real friends dig through tsunami's back catalog and try to determine what's worth revisiting i'm michael doak i'm peter eb and this week we're finishing our dragon ball coverage for now uh, covering episodes 14 through 28. So where we left off, uh, our heroes had just finished their adventure and had used the magic of the seven Dragon Balls to wish for a very comfortable pair of underwear, <laughs> even though it can bring people back from the dead. As per Oolong, who uh, had to s- scramble to think of something in the last minute, at least. <laughs> yeah right is also a perv (laughs) yeah right so you know it's definitely a pair of comfortable underwear there's no subtext to that at all don't look at the actual image uh so where we are now goku has left to go train with the old turtle hermit master roshi while bulma and the rest of the gang basically head to the city so for the most part this is a goku story now bulma and company are kind of not there for most of it yeah, there'll occasionally be like a B plot in whatever story, but even then, it's not super often. It's yeah, right. Now more like, focused on Goku. Like there's some filler where they uh they crash their plane while flying back to the city, and then have to wander through the woods, that kind of stuff. So Goku's at Master Roshi's, and he is looking to train, and Roshi agrees to train him if Goku brings him a gal, so that he can creep on her and be weird and also so that she can like cook them food and stuff because you know <laughs> great that's what this show is like uh goku fails to find a gal initially because he can't even really tell a woman from a man from a distance like he he literally has no idea what roshi is even looking for fortunately this is where we're introduced to krillin who is a bald boy who formerly trained at Orin temple uh, who convinces Roshi to train him by giving the old master a stack of porn mags. Uh, <laughs> Krillin is, you know, not a complete idiot who grew up in the woods completely alone like Goku. So he actually knows what Roshi is looking for. Right. And the two fly off on Nimbus and eventually find this woman named Launch. Launch is an interesting character. Basically, her gimmick is that when she sneezes, she switches between two personalities and also her hair color changes. Uh, Her, I guess, first personality is like a blue haired woman who's very sweet and like kind of has, I don't know, like a neighbor's mom vibe in a little in a bit, I guess. Like, (laughs) yeah, she's just very nice and like kind of motherly, I guess. Like, especially towards Goku. Uh, But her other personality is a blonde woman who is a notorious bandit 
who yeah. basically always has a machine gun that she can pull out of nowhere to shoot up everybody uh, <laughs> yeah. because they've made her angry. She's just a violent criminal, which is pretty awesome. But I, I like I like Launch's gimmick. Yeah, I I honestly think Launch is a very fun character. I just like her uh, bandit persona quite a bit. I find her yeah. bandit persona pretty funny generally. And also the voice acting for her bandit persona is excellent. Although yeah. the, oh, yeah. uh, I guess, girl next door persona is a little less good, but whatever. So they rescue her from some police officers who are trying to arrest her because she just robbed a train. Uh but then she sneezes, so they have to protect her. They bring her back to Roshi, and Roshi's like, yeah, she's great. Let's all go to another island uh, to actually train. So he packs up his house because it can be put into a dino cap, and then they sail off to another island. And I believe that brings us to your least favorite yes. episode. Yes, this is uh, this is my nadir. Pretty much one of my nadirs. Uh... I'd say you took the other one. We'll get to that later. So this episode is episode 16, Find That Stone. The This episode begins and is basically themes around another like basic training task that Roshi gives to the boys. And uh, he just, <laughs> he ends up just uh, marking a uh, a rock with a Sharpie with his like dojo symbol, like the kanji on it. And then he just tosses it into the woods. Cause this is a much bigger Island. And he's like on a, on a hill over these like vast woods on this like very large Island. He just tosses it in the woods and he's like, okay, the first one of you two to find this stone and bring it back, uh, within 30 minutes, uh, gets to eat dinner. And the other one just ha can't, they just sit out. So he does this and Goku and Krillin both immediately run off Goku just jumps off of the off of a cliff to get into the forest and you know survives because he's an idiot and he's in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and, and Krillin's also just he's like invulnerable. Yeah, right. He's, yeah, and Krillin just has one of his first of his many eye popping moments where he's just like, "What the fuck is wrong with this kid?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, which I I, I let's take a sidebar. I really like Krillin in this show. I think he he's got like these like street smarts and is like just a he's an average human, you know, and he's just kind of like he's just kind of funny and witty and uh just has to put up with Goku's shit. Yeah, there's a lot of good like comic stuff that happens between yeah. Krillin and Goku. He, they, he's definitely they make the a straight man. Pair. Yeah. Yeah, he's a straight man to Goku's like complete wildness and um so he he gets the idea to f cheat and like like just kind of mimic the same stone mm -hmm. and uh with his own sharpie that he just borrows from a woman and uh Roshi immediately sees through this and just throws the stone at his head and tells him to get back out there and uh you know they end searching late late into the night even though it's like you know it was just supposed to be 30 minutes um and, you know, I guess it was still 30 minutes, but it seems like they're searching forever. Uh, Goku ends up finding it and he talks to Krillin and Krillin ends up like stealing it from him and running off and then tricking him with the fake one by taking the fake one he'd had and throwing it back in the woods for Goku to find. It's just like a real cruel trick. <laughs> yeah. And, and Krillin also gets easy, to eat. Given that yeah, Goku's right. a moron. So it's like, right, it doesn't exactly. take that much to trick him, really. <laughs> Krillin literally is like, oh, can I see that stone that you're holding? And Goku just hands it to him and then Krillin yeah. runs off. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, that sort right. of thing. And so Krillin ends up getting to eat with Roshi and Launch. And, uh, but oh, it turns out uh, <laughs> Launch was cooking this like fugu fish, 
which is known to be very poisonous if if like you know very slightly miscooked or mishandled so it's like a very poisonous fish she makes a stew and they immediately all get sick so it's like i guess this has come up and you know they, yeah uh, right it's karma goku doesn't have horrible diarrhea the next day and you know all is well now the reason i didn't like this episode is the reason you might be expecting if you listen to our last episode, which is right. this episode has several annoying, uh, well, annoying, rampant, and disgusting molestation gags where it's like Roshi, there's several times in the episode where like, meanwhile, you know, while the boys are searching for the stone, Roshi's like trying to grab Launch's butt and Krillin walks in at the, at the, just the wrong moment. And it's like, what would have happened if Krillin didn't walk in? It's like, he would have grabbed her butt and it would have been, bad like there's something yeah, right, good about right. this funny about this scenario like exactly yeah yes like the the you, uh, the concept of like dangling a carrot in front of someone and pulling it away at the last minute can be kind of funny but like yeah to do but that maybe that, the carrot shouldn't be uh <laughs> yeah, the molesting be, a woman like yeah exactly like touching someone yeah, about their consent should not be the horrible. carrot there and also it does that joke twice in the same yes. exact way like it's literally the same shots and everything it's just put in there twice in case you yeah. hated it the first time here it is again have fun yeah yeah it's not even like a change in the gag really either. no there's it's, no ugh. change at all it's literally the same shots of roshi approaching her and her butt like shaking in front of his face and then krillin comes in he's like oh yeah. you ruined it for me like, yeah right ugh. now <laughs> the w- there one minor thing i will add in this episode that i found kind of funny they have this like running race early on to see like who's like if anyone can beat roshi's speed and like roshi's like showing off like hey this is how fast you'll get with my training you need to be this fast and they all run a hundred meter dash and uh every character runs a hundred meter dash faster than the real life world record winner usain bolt <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> found, found pretty funny <laughs> like even krillin uh, krillin before or no, yeah, Krillin ends up running it faster than Usain Bolt. Goku runs faster. Roshi runs, like, handily faster at, like, six seconds to the, like, 12 seconds, I think, that Usain Bolt has as the record. Sure. It's like, yeah, of course. Like that is <laughs> just kind of funny to, like, compare it back to real life. Right, right. So after this, like, first day of kind of introductory training, uh, once Roshi and Krillin have actually recovered from the blowfish, which is what Fugu is, uh, specifically, if I remember correctly, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm wrong, but also the I just keep thinking fish, of think. the, yeah, yeah I'm, honestly, I just think of the Simpsons episode where they go eat sushi and Homer has fugu and then he thinks he's going to die. I'm like that's the episode mm. as Homer dealing with death that of course he doesn't die. Uh, sorry, spoilers for a season two Simpsons episode. <laughs> season two. Yeah. He dies in season yeah. two. That would have been. Yeah. A yeah. Show. Homer's actually a ghost for most of the series. It's a crazy twist. But no one did even you know sees every it time coming. You've, did you know every time you've seen Homer in the Simpsons, it was actually like a season two episode or earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He actually he's dies just gone the, from the series yeah, after 30 that. 30 other life. seasons and he's just dead. <laughs> They it's just have a little character, like, and they actually just kill them yeah. off. You, you know, people. Most people don't know that. Yeah, it's a, there's a little shrine that has Homer and his ghost is walking around, <laughs> and you can tell like every time he encounters Flanders, that's a, a ghost moment because Flanders <laughs> is trying to talk to him in the afterlife and get yeah, Homer to yeah. move on to heaven. Anyway, uh, so after after they they've recovered from this poison fish, uh, the training begins for real. 
and Roshi basically makes the boys do a bunch of like manual labor. Like essentially, he is kind of a Mr. Miyagi training style, just yeah, cranked yeah. up to eleven because it's Dragon Ball. Like so, they do all these dumb mundane tasks, like delivering milk around the entire island on foot when usually it's delivered by helicopter. Uh, they have to plow fields with their bare hands. They have to swim laps in a lake where there is a man-eating shark that tries to kill them. That kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. basically, once they've done this, they're both totally exhausted. Like, even Goku is completely wiped out by this training. And at that point, Roshi is like, oh, well, that's what you'll be doing every single day from now on. Except you'll also be wearing this 50-pound turtle shell on your back. Yeah, <laughs> so. Right. Get used to it, basically. Uh, also, during this time, Roshi points out a giant boulder, and he's like, I won't train you to actually fight until you can move this boulder with your bare hands. Of course, Goku can already move it. So Roshi's like, uh, I actually yeah. meant that humongous boulder that's like the size of a mountain. <laughs> Right, uh, And it's pretty clear that he doesn't expect them to ever be able to push it. And this is just an impossible goal that he's setting up for them. Yeah. So they train for a while in this manner. Uh, and then eventually Krillin fetches Roshi and is like, look, we can push this huge mountain now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and both Goku and Krillin demonstrate that they can, in fact, push the mountain. Roshi is like, oh, I don't actually have any plans, so I guess I'll just have you wear these heavier turtle shells. <laughs> yeah, and then and... he like tells them about this. He tells them about the World Martial Arts Tournament, which is actually right. the focal point of this entire arc. Um, you know, oh, it's this tournament where everyone, you know, the strongest fighters in all the world gather and you know fight it out to prove who's the strongest yeah right and there's right. like a cash prize and well they get so excited that like they're motivated for training yeah and that's the whole point of their training like that is going to be their proving ground is the world martial arts tournament so the eve of the tournament rolls around uh roshi has both goku and krillin remove their turtle shells and they find that they are both extremely strong and fast and agile classic, because classic anime moment remove yeah. the weights and then you're like a god yeah you're ultra strong because you've been like just living with weights on this whole time basically <laughs> during all of this we have some as you said earlier like some shots of the other characters doing stuff the main thing is that yamcha is also training for the tournament and apparently he just left the city for like a month without telling Bulma at all, so she's pissed off about it. Uh, but then he gets back, and she and he like saves her from being hit by a truck <laughs> because she just <laughs> yeah. walks out into the street like she's five, and he <laughs> saves her. So she's like, I guess it's all all's forgiven now. Like everything's great. So Goku and Krillin arrive in the city. Uh, Goku reunites with all of his old friends, introduces them to Krillin. It's all great. And then they start the tournament and the elimination round is full of like, you know, huge beefcake fighters and Krillin is really nervous. And then his nerves get made even worse when he runs into a bunch of characters that used to bully him at Orin Temple, which yeah. is a little funny, honestly. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know, I just think it's kind of silly to think that this, like, martial arts training temple had a high school atmosphere. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everyone there is just an asshole to grill into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So initially in the elimination round, Goku like literally knocks a dude out by tapping him on the back. And yeah, yeah, this Goku says to man. Krillin. Yeah, and Goku says to Krillin, we, we need to reserve our power because we might just kill these people if we go all out. <laughs> like, we're too strong. We need to hold back until the Orin Temple guys make fun of Krillin. And then it turns out that Krillin is actually facing one of them in his first match. And Goku's oh, like, yeah. no, go all out on that guy. Screw him. And <laughs> yeah, Krillin kicks him, him through a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that fight a lot too. As as someone who's you know been bullied in in the past as a kid and stuff like that, it's like oh that's satisfying. Where it's just like he, because like Krillin steps in the ring and the guy's like he's like being tormented by this guy still, even though Krillin just doesn't quite rec- realize his actual strength. And the guy's like still being an asshole to him and like bullying him in the ring. And then like Krillin just like reactionarily does this move when the guy attacks him and just sends him through a wall. It's just like, oh, that's pretty satisfying. They're all just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And of course, everyone is astonished by this because also Krillin and Goku are like 12 and 13, I believe. uh, Which was was surprising to me. They're they're both quite young. I thought they were. I I always thought Goku was like eight and like Krillin was like eight. Like, I thought they were much younger, but then they're like, yeah, they're 12 and 13. Like, what? Really? Okay. I, I feel like, like at some point... They're so tiny. I feel like at some point it was... Uh, Goku said that he was 14 in the first arc, although maybe that isn't in the anime, actually. I can't remember. Ah. Uh, like, I remember in the manga, there's a point where Bulma asks him how old he is. He says 14. And this is when he's just, like, standing in the bathroom while she's taking a bath. And she basically throws him out of the bathroom, being like, Jesus Christ, you're a 14-year-old watching me bathe. Like, that's disgusting. I thought <laughs> right. you were, like, a child. Yeah. Not a teenager. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, again, it's Dragon Ball. Great. So next, the quarterfinal matches are drawn, and the first round of the like official tournament begins, and Krillin is matched up against this massive, disgusting, disgusting man named Bacterian, appropriately. Yes. Who's just like a, a man who's basically who's just defeats bathed. opponents. Yeah, he's like, literally never bathed his entire life. He's just this man in like you know, spandex, leotard, whatever, and what, he... Yeah, like trunks, basically. <laughs> yeah, right, and he... Um, just ends up defeating opponents simply by his smell, <laughs> typically, like smell-based attacks. And uh, so this pretty gross-out humor fight in- <laughs> occurs where um, he is just, like, doing all this nasty shit. He burps on Krillin and just, like, completely stuns him. Yeah, farts he on him. I mean, it's farts that kind on of him stuff. Like, in that's face. really what it is like slams him with his ass a bunch of times that's the fight like actually grossed me out it's pretty um, gross there's a point where yeah. bacterian like uh, roots around in the front of Ugh. his trunks and then wipes his finger on krillin's face for yeah. example eventually the fight is resolved when goku points out to krillin that he uh krillin has no nose his character <laughs> yeah. design doesn't have a nose drawn on it so he can't smell Bacterian because he doesn't have a nose. Yeah, Krillin's it's all like, his mind. oh yeah, you're right. And then easily beats Bacterian and farts in his face in revenge. <laughs> right. So, yeah. 
So we move on to the next uh, fight, which is my least favorite episode. This is episode 22, Quarterfinals Begin. Uh, this episode is not the introduction of Jackie Chun, but this is the first time that Jackie Chun is relevant. Yeah. And of course, as you would expect, Yamcha, Goku, Krillin all make it through the elimination round. Obviously, of course, they're going to. They're the main characters. So Jackie Chun is fighting against Yamcha, and Jackie Chun is pretty obviously just Roshi in disguise. Like, it's Roshi without the sunglasses and with a wig that he is glued on to his head so that no one can just pull it off. (laughs) Yeah, He fights against Yamcha, and it's pretty one-sided, as you would expect. Uh, Yamcha doesn't even manage to land a blow on Roshi. And Roshi ends the match by blowing Yamcha out of the arena. And all he does to cause this to happen is he like waves his hand at Yamcha. And that's enough to generate a gust strong enough to blow Yamcha out of the arena. Because Yamcha is basically a Leo from Gundam Wing. He's just (laughs) extremely easily defeated. Yeah. Like even now. Hundreds of Yamchas get blown up throughout the course of DBZ. You know, that's the that's the edit that I want to see is just replacing <laughs> Leos and Gundam Wing with Yamcha. Yamcha. Voiced Yamcha, too. Just like, Ugh! Yeah, like do- dozens of Yamchas. Yeah. No, a Gundam! Ugh. Anyway, it's at this point that Yamcha starts figuring out that Jackie Chun is actually Roshi, so he gets to be a shitty detective for this arc because he never <laughs> yeah. proves it, even though it's very obvious. So we're up to the next fight, and this is still episode 22, and this is really why I hate this episode. Um, the next fight is between Nam, who's like a South Asian man who is trying to buy water for his village, which has been suffering a serious drought lately, and he wants to use the prize money to, you know, buy the water. And he is fighting against a woman named Ranfan, and Ranfan uh, is the only woman who we see participating in the tournament at all and the way she fights is by using what the narrator calls her feminine wiles which is to say that when nam attacks her she screams in terror and then he's like feels bad about hitting a girl and then eventually when she realizes she can't win this way she strips and yeah right then he's too embarrassed to fight her so she backs him into the corner and then he closes his eyes and knocks her out with one punch yeah yeah you know more sexist shit (laughs) yeah right and i mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand why i didn't like this episode i mean i don't necessarily have a problem with a female character who uses her sexuality to get ahead but when the only (laughs) fighter that's a woman that shows up in your whole fucking show so far does that it says something yeah right also This episode has a lot of filler that's just, like, the camera ogling Ranfan's ass and boobs. Oh, my God. Which is pretty fucking annoying. Classic, like, yeah. Slow-mo pan over just shots of her ass and her body with, like, the saxophone saxophone music. music, Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, we've got Roshi there being like, whoa, yeah, great, take it off, etc., And, you know, it's just not pleasant to watch, honestly. It's pretty shitty. And, like, the worst part about it, maybe, is that once Ranfan gets defeated, the show improves dramatically. (laughs) Because the whole time that she's there in the tournament, Roshi is constantly, like, eyeing her up. Yeah. 
and like trying to convince the you know the guy who's setting up the fights like oh let me fight her yeah right and like then once she gets knocked out he claims he's a doctor so he can examine the body like it's just so much of that creepy gross shit yeah. that i hate and it's just just jammed in here like it, there's just so much yeah of it. it's so, really like every chance they terrible. can take they take it to be a make a creepy gag right like. right or just to like have the camera ogle her yeah. for a minute and i mean yes that sucks and that's why i hate it and there is the additional annoying thing of like man again as i said the show gets a lot better when she's gone which itself is bad. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> once once you eliminate all the women from actual like importance in the show, the show becomes much more watchable because Toriyama can't write women. And eventually he apparently decided to just stop trying, which <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe that's preferable to the women existing just to be jokes uh, like or just to be fodder for jokes about sexual assault right. and sexual harassment. Yeah. But it's not much of an improvement to just have no women. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like pick your poison. <laughs> Either you have no representation yes. at all or you get the absolute or worst. Very bad representation, yeah. basically. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of a I'm not sure a lateral move is the right word because I feel like it's kind of a slight upward move, but not in the way that I'm particularly happy to report, yeah, sure. I guess. Uh, moving on to my favorite episode, episode 23, Monster Beast Girin. In this episode, Goku faces off against his opponent in the quarterfinals, Girin, who is a, like, dragon, basically. Yeah. He's just a dragon guy, and he's a monster. <laughs> uh, but the fight is delayed because of a thunderstorm. So we have this, like, weird scene where Goku is hanging out at the bar, basically, with Yamcha and everybody. And Yamcha's like, ooh, I don't trust that Girin. <laughs> And then Girin comes in hilariously and like an overcoat and fedora, despite the yeah. fact that he's this big winged <laughs> he's dragon this man. Massive dragon man. This is like big chunky dragon, like kind of goofy looking. Uh, yeah, right. villainous dragon. I mean, dragon. of course, very Toriyama. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love his design. Yeah, he's great. So, so he comes into the bar, orders a milk, <laughs> and then Krillin's former bullies like start making fun of him because he's a big monster and he's just ordering a glass of milk. Yeah. So he he kicks their asses in the time it takes the bartender to pour him a second <laughs> glass of milk, which is hilarious. It's such like a dramatic way to set up a scene too. Like I could I could see yeah, the same yeah. thing happening in like an action movie and being played as like super totally, cool. Totally. But he's just he's just pouring this gigantic glass of milk and beating the yeah, asses of these amazing. guys. <laughs> I really love so, that gag. Yeah, so after that, Yamcha's like, hey, that's enough. And Giren fights Yamcha for a second, then Goku steps in, then Jackie steps in and is like, hey, you should save that for the ring because if you fight him now, you'll be disqualified and you should just want to fight him and get the prize money. So Giren's like, fine, I'll beat you in the ring and stomps off. The next day, I guess, uh, the match is about to start. And Goku's nowhere to be found, so everyone's, like, running around trying to find Goku while Giren is claiming that Goku is forfeited by not showing up. Eventually, Krillin finds that Goku's just, like, taking a nap in the middle of the arena area. 
and falling asleep and being uh, late for something i can't relate to that yeah yeah very <laughs> unusual i imagine um and honestly like again this is just a very funny scene yeah. where Kirillin correctly calls goku a complete moron like <laughs> and it's like so funny how furious krillin is at goku because they spend so much time trying to find him and then it turns out he was just taking a nap it's like are you fucking kidding <laughs> yeah, right. me dude <laughs> get into the damn arena so goku gets in the arena and the fight starts proper and this fight's kind of interesting because giren fights kind of dirty like using goku's stupidity against him for example, the first thing he does is clench his fist and be like, hey, come look at this. Yeah. I have something for you. And then he just punches Goku when <laughs> Goku gets close or like hits him with its tail, I think, actually. But, you know, my favorite thing about that is he hits Goku super hard and <laughs> Goku like barely like gets back up. <laughs> and, go and then Goku looks at him. And he's like, I don't even want to see what you had to show me anymore. <laughs> Like, he's yeah, just right, so stupid he doesn't get that he was tricked <laughs> you're right so you know the the fight continues eventually Garen gets the upper hand because he uses this like special ability that he calls his merry-go-round gum essentially he vomits this like rubbery ring onto goku that uh constrains goku so goku can't move and Garen's like now i'll just throw your ass out of the arena Picks Goku up, throws him. Goku's trying to figure out a solution and calls the flying Nimbus to save him from falling out of bounds. The judges, for some reason, are like, I guess that's fine, but only this once. And so Garen's like, fine, I'll just throw you out again. Right. <laughs> uh, moves to punch Goku, but Goku's tail has actually grown back suddenly. So, like, Goku clings to Garen with his tail. Uh, then, because he has his tail, he's stronger. So he breaks out of Giren's merry-go-round gum in a scene that is honestly reminiscent of YouTube poop in how, like, <laughs> just repetitious and long it is. Like, yeah. Goku is just grunting, trying to break out of this stuff for a good minute and a half to two minutes. And it, like, starts to cycle shots of him grunting and yeah, struggling. Yeah. <laughs> And it really feels like YouTube poop. Like it really it, does. It, it, I was laughing pretty hard. It feels hard like at DBZ it. too. It's like it's like when he becomes Super Saiyan well, three, yeah. just like the amount of screaming involved. That's that's also true. But I think it's it's really just the fact that they repeated shots yeah. of Goku struggling that I found so funny. Uh, and it goes on way longer than it needs to. But it's honestly great because it's like, what is this? <laughs> Why am I watching this? Uh he breaks out of the gum and then proceeds to test his newfound strength by just, like, demolishing a wall with a kick. So Giren surrenders, uh, realizing that he's basically screwed if Goku actually fights. And the reason I like this episode a lot is because compared to a lot of the other episodes, it's very self-contained. Yeah. Like, you could watch this and not watch any other Dragon Ball episode and it would pretty much make sense. Like... You have Giren introduced as kind of a jerk and also the fight against him, like being resolved entirely. Uh, also, there are no pervy jokes because, again, all of the women are gone, right. so we can't make them anymore, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's a negative in some ways, but definitely a positive in others. And yeah, I, I don't know. 
Goku struggling forever is very funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think, like, this is an episode that I would say would be a good one to actually watch. Right, like, yeah. I, I'm not going to recommend watching the show in general, and it's pretty obvious why, but this episode is actually extremely watchable and, like, enjoyable on its own. So. Yeah. Maybe check this out. episode and the next episode, I will argue, uh, are both episodes that uh, can actually stand the test of time and don't make you queasy going back and watching it like pretty much every other one. Right. Um, right. Speaking of which, the next episode is My Zenith, episode 24, Krillin's Frantic Attack. Um, now, the quarterfinals are concluded and the semifinals have begun, and Krillin has moved up and he is set to fight Jackie Chun, aka Master Roshi. And, uh, God, I really love this episode because the fight between Krillin and Roshi is like a good fight and it goes on for a while and Krillin like tries to trick him. He tricks him at one point by just throwing panties at him, <laughs> which distract him. And then he just kicks him in the face, um, which I enjoyed. You know, it's one of those rare moments where it's like, yeah, it's a little pervy, but it's not, you know, it's not hurting anyone <laughs> except uh, yeah, right, Jackie Chan. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the fight continues and they they. They do this gag. The main reason I love this episode, like, so much, they do this fucking gag where, like, they charge each other and jump and then land on the opposite sides, and clearly they hit each other, and Krillin kind of falls over. You know, classic, like, samurai movie shit, uh, where the action was, like, too fast to see, and it all happened at once in this clash. And then... Right, and just the shots of both of them, like, landing, yes. and then one yeah. falling to their knees is such a classic thing. Oh, yeah, like, yep. We've, you've seen that in a million Oh, yeah, things, for sure. Obviously. And the uh, <laughs> the announcer goes up to Roshi, and he's like, hey, uh, just for our audience, because we couldn't quite see what happened there, could you demonstrate what had happened? And both he and Krillin just go on this really long demonstration of, like, basically what took like 10 seconds and they're just like not even it was too fast to see yeah right and they're like they're like okay so first and it just starts like normal it's like okay so first he charges me and jumps and he's and he like jumps and kicks but then i i dodge his kick and try and land a punch under his jaw but then he sneezes to try and throw me off and they just start like going in this absurd direction and like all this random shit that happened while they couldn't see yeah like they play rock paper scissors against (laughs) each other and like there's a point where roshi turns to the announcer and is like hey carry me across the arena so we can demonstrate like how far i flew and then the announcer has to run back to krillin to like pick him up and do the same thing yeah like he's like awkwardly does it like turns krillin over and goes like what the hell come on man like it's so funny Yeah, it's honestly a really funny joke, and it like goes on a bit too long, maybe. But like, I don't know. It also kind of goes on at exactly. Uh, yeah, the I, right I think amount. it was perfect. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> and it's like they're it's like it is as if they're making fun of DBZ before DBZ ever happened, because like that shit yeah, happens so much in DBZ, where it's just like we can't even see what's happening. What's even happening? They're clashing in in midair, and they're so fast. And this, and now they're just like, yeah, <laughs> all this stupid shit was happening while you weren't looking. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah god yeah and like that that's like probably my favorite gag i've ever i've seen yet in uh in dragon ball and uh yeah no i i totally really loved it the it's it's very fun roshi ends up winning the tournament using like introducing the after image technique where like he vanishes and you see like an 
ghostly kind of image of where they were and it tricks you and you punch the image and oh there's nothing there and then they appear behind you and he punches you know classic dragon ball dragon ball z shit uh right but it's used a billion times the after. first time but yeah this is the first time it's ever shown right and so yes roshi wins by using the after image technique uh in the next fight which is goku versus nam goku just uses Roshi's after image technique after seeing course, it once yeah. because he's incredible at fighting and nothing else really but hey uh Goku invents a new move where he just spins like a top like the Tasmanian devil <laughs> right. and ricochets around the arena uh a move that Nam can't get through but unfortunately for Goku he gets dizzy from spinning around too much uh before he can actually knock Nam out of the arena so Nam is fine. Basically, what this fight boils down to, unfortunately, the, the thing about Nam is he doesn't really have that unique, like, a fighting style. Yeah. He just has a backstory. Yeah. Unlike the rest of the fighters. His fighting style so, is mostly his technique where he jumps super high in the air and then dive bombs you. Yeah, right. So he does that because he's like, oh, I can't predict what Goku's going to do because he has that tail. So I need to come at him from above so that he can't like trip me or whatever. Uh, yeah. So he does this technique where he jumps super high in the air and then falls back down on Goku and like hits him in the neck with his arms crossed, basically. Uh, Goku is hit, but of course he doesn't go down. So Nam just is like, I guess I'll just do it again. <laughs> And, of course, Goku jumps even higher. Uh, they have a very brief midair battle before they basically race back down to the ground and Goku gets there first and then kicks Nam while Nam is still in midair, causing him to fall outside of the arena. So that's it. Goku is won. The final round is going to be Jackie Chun versus Goku. And Nam is upset because he can't afford water anymore. Uh, but Roshi shows that he's actually a good person sometimes and telepathic not enough uh and that he's like hey take this dino cap and just fill it with water from that well over there like it costs nothing here water is abundant so you know go home and save your village and you didn't even need to win the money anyway uh also though roshi is like hey do me a favor pretend to be me and the crowd so i can point you out so that yamcha stops bothering yeah. <laughs> me about being master roshi yeah yeah he just like because he just puts sunglasses and a fake beard on his bald head on nam's bald head <laughs> right and just right. it's a pretty convincing disguise yeah, really, because Nam actually, his, like, facial structure is very similar to Roshi's, with the exception of the beard. If you, like, look at their nose, yeah. it's very much the same design. So it actually works quite well, and Yamcha's fooled. So, yeah, no one thinks that Roshi is Roshi anymore. He's free to fight his student in the final round. So that's where we yep. are. We have the Roshi v. Goku fight. And honestly, by Dragon Ball standards, it's pretty epic. It's like a three-episode fight. They go through all these different, like, techniques. Uh, initially, Goku is knocked out of the arena, but then he, like, uses his tail as a helicopter blade and <laughs> flies back it, like, tails. to the arena. Yeah, I was thinking, again, I guess I have Simpsons on the brain, but there's there's an episode where Chief Wiggum says that Ralph plays a game that involves a dog that can fly like that. <laughs> and I was trying to remember the name of the dog, but I can't. It's like Wonder Dog or something. Future Michael here for a correction. Uh, Ralph's imaginary flying dog friend is actually named 
Wiggle Puppy, which is a much better name than Wonder Dog. Thank you. Chief Wiggum's analysis of this is, that dog has some crazy adventures, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Because The Simpsons is a masterpiece. Anyway, Goku flies back, and then he claims that he could have used a Kamehameha to fly back. That's how Roshi got back into the arena after being kicked out uh, during the Krillin fight. And Roshi's like, oh, well, then let's test our Kamehamehas against each other. So we have this show's first beam struggle, which is kind of a cool moment, honestly, just in that you're like, hey, this is the first time this shit happens. Like, nice. Yeah, right. (laughs) This becomes a big thing later. Their first midair battle, their first beam struggle, their first after image. Yeah, right. There's There's a lot of Dragon Ball Z DNA in this part of the arc. Yeah. And that is actually quite cool to see. Uh, just because you can really tell, like, oh, he saw what worked in this and started building it up more in the future. Uh, so they test their Kamehameha's against each other. Uh, Goku more or less just has the upper hand because he's an incredible fighter. Uh, he creates a triple after image at one point. He's just basically uh, using Roshi's techniques back against him and improvising them right there. Yeah. So Roshi's more or less screwed. He tries to use the drunken boxing technique, which uh, Goku says he remembers being one of his grandpa's favorites, which to me suggests that Grandpa Gohan was drunk a lot, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Right. Like, he, he says that was grandpa's specialty. And I just had this weird moment where I was like, I guess that's kind of a grandpa specialty, just being kind of drunk sometimes. <laughs> like, you can call that a specialty, yeah, yeah. I think. And in fairness, Roshi uses that move because Goku can't imitate it like he has been with every other right, move because right. Goku's never been drunk before. <laughs> Which is a great idea, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, so Goku improvises monkey style, basically, and starts clawing Roshi's face and stuff. Roshi uses a hypnotism technique, which is creepy if you think about it. Uh, and then Goku wakes up because the announcer doesn't start his count until like he's already been lying there for a couple seconds and also Bulma at the last minute yells Goku your dinner's ready which <laughs> yeah. wakes him up yeah uh, much like Jason Voorhees being woken up by the idea of teens having sex <laughs> Goku just kills everyone making him dinner <laughs> yeah he's like where's the food and starts <laughs> wrecking people yeah, pretty much yeah kind of because you know they continue fighting uh, they start using this rock, paper, scissors technique. And basically at this point, Goku's like, hey, all of your moves are my grandpa's moves. That's real weird. Also, you did the Kamehameha, and you also claim to have invented it. You kind of seem like Master Roshi. <laughs> and uh, Roshi, as Jackie Chun, is trying to cover his tracks poorly, and eventually is just like, yeah, I'm Roshi's cousin. And for some reason, I have this little family tree <laughs> scroll. <laughs> so that i can show it off pulls out this scroll and the image is just like bald roshi roshi bald roshi like cousin (laughs) it's like this roshi with hair (laughs) right uh i i do find it funny that he carried that around it's weird that he didn't bring it out when yamcha was bothering (laughs) him earlier but whatever magically prepared yeah yeah right So eventually Roshi runs out of tricks and he decides to use his ultimate technique, which is lightning flash. And basically it just changes all the energy in your body into like electricity. So it electrocutes you. 
starts electrocuting Goku, uh, says that he's only used the ability once before on Grandpa Gohan to beat him in the tournament, presumably, and Goku refuses to give up, but he's clearly defeated. Until he sees that the full moon has risen and his tail is back, so he starts transforming into a giant ape. Oh, shit. We get an amazing shot of Krillin reacting to Goku transforming <laughs> into a giant ape, which is maybe my favorite expression of any character yeah. in anything I've ever seen. This is a uh, crazy, again, eye-popping moment where Krillin's just like He looks like out. a Simpsons character yeah, almost. Yeah, it's like if Matt Groening drew Krillin. <laughs> So Goku transforms into a giant ape. Everyone's trying to figure out a way to stop him. And Roshi is like, I have to do this. This is the only way I can't let you hurt anyone, Goku. So he powers up to about to blow up frying pan, sorry, fire mountain levels <laughs> and blasts a Kamehameha into the distance. And the dust, settle, or the dust settles and Goku is nowhere to be found. So everyone's like, you killed Goku. How dare you? Know, you know, in a way, it's the almost show... the first dust clear. <laughs> kind of, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the show has the audacity to end an episode pretending that Goku is dead, which he obviously <laughs> is not. I didn't even pick up on that when I watched it because I was just watching them sequentially at that point. But yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. uh, it's pretty mean, especially when you've got like a whole week to wait. I mean, it's I just find it funny now because it's like, come on, yeah, you're yeah. not going to kill him. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so. Actually, of course, what Roshi destroyed was the moon. He just <laughs> blew up the moon, yeah. which means he presumably murdered Boss Rabbit and his two goons who are, I guess, probably still there. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to think about that <laughs> too hard. But the moon is blown up and everyone's like, wow, that will cause problems, actually. But I guess Goku's no longer a giant monkey. So let's keep fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to destroy a... Earth, right? But, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> They take a brief intermission so that Goku can get dressed. Uh, during this intermission, Krillin is like, hey, what the hell? You can transform into a giant ape? And Goku's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty weird, Krillin. Uh, classic Dragon Ball humor yeah, there. Yeah. More or less, the fight ends because they're both very hungry and exhausted. And Roshi is realizing that he just doesn't have a chance against this kid. Uh, so he goads Goku into basically they both jump in the air and kick each other in the face. Um, and then they both get knocked down and the 10 count goes all the way through and neither gets back up. So the announcer is like, all right, technically there's still a tiebreaker. One of you has to stand up and say, like, I'm the champion or something yeah, like yep. that. And if you've done that, then you've won. Goku stands up but doesn't get through the sentence before collapsing again. So Roshi manages to stand up. He says the words, and Roshi has won the 500,000 Zenny prize. He is the world martial arts champion as Jackie Chun. So the wrap-up is that they all go out to eat. Uh, Goku eats an unbelievably large amount of food. And Roshi pays, and the tab comes to 470,000 zenny, yep. meaning that the entire prize money pretty much was wiped out by this one meal. <laughs> and yeah, uh, more adventure awaits, but for now, we close the book on Dragon Ball. Uh, that's the end of the World Martial Arts Tournament. Fun stuff. Yeah. So we're going to get to our break. When we get back, we'll talk about our thoughts on this block. Uh, and then what we're going to be watching next, I guess. 
drunken boxing. I recognize it now. That was one of my grandpa's specialties. Dragon Ball will be back in a moment. Hey, this is Michael jumping in during the break. To give some acknowledgments, as I always do, our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anatek, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. I hope I've been pronouncing that correctly, because it's been 135 episodes. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud, rights were secured through Gemendo, which I must be pronouncing correctly. Turn A Gundam Part 1 will release on February 24th. If you want to get in touch with us for whatever reason, you can DM us on facebook.com slash hbpod. You can tweet, or I suppose DM us at Twitter at hbpod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. With a lot of courage and determination, and a little help from a very special clown. And now, back to Dragon Ball. Okay, we are back. Peter, what are your thoughts about this block of the venerable Dragon Ball? Yeah, um, I would say overall, uh, I guess I like this. This block was less consistent. Hmm, more consistent or less? Like, really? I'm trying to think about it. I, I guess overall less consistent and it had some like repeat good episodes towards the end and uh you know uh, less creepy shit towards the end like you mentioned right <laughs> because right. there's no women in it in the end <laughs> yeah because the only woman left is bulma and her whole job is to shout from the sidelines almost like dragon Ball Z. yeah right now um it, th this is the same thing where it's like you remove all the shit that uh is really horrible against women in this show and you'd have a show that i would genuinely love uh and you know those bits and pieces that aren't like that i genuinely love uh these last few episodes because they don't have that stuff i, I really enjoyed but you know the beginning and throughout the first part of this block you know i thought by the time because bulma wasn't going to be in the show anymore and like oh sure launch is going to show up but i thought like it was things are going to be okay you know it's going to be a little less of that kind of stuff yeah no, and no. you know oolong's no longer involved and he was he was the main creep last block and then like no they pretty much just used launch for all that shit and uh right e and i mean even though <laughs> roshi has always been the prime creep yeah right and, and like You'd think, too, that Launch... I thought Launch had kind of like a built-in self-defense system with her other personality where she'd sneeze and just kill everyone who's trying to fuck with her. But, you know, it's still just played off for more gags like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, again, that's like, like, like last week and like we've harped on a lot, understandably, that shit is odious and disgusting and awful. Um, I, I just, like... Ugh, it just really taints the whole thing. The parts that aren't like that, though, I mean... Look, the art style's fantastic. The goofy humor's a lot of fun, uh, if not a little too gross for me at some points. Um, and, you know, the fighting was actually pretty cool in this, too, which is we hadn't really gotten any, like, big kind of real martial arts battles. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, at all, last block. And so, you know, I... I um, overall, I'd say enjoy this block a little more. Although it did, it did miss out. There are no... There is no... Um, there is no trio of uh, goons, our favorite. Yeah, there's no Pilaf gang. Chu and Mai, yeah. the best characters. Yeah, still the best characters for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I mean, I generally agree. Like, the thing that's so, as I said last time, the thing that's so frustrating about this show for me is that you're right. Like, if you were able to excise all of the, like, I guess, sexual humor or just, I mean, really just the humor about women being assaulted. Yeah the show would have a lot going for it. Like there are jokes in this block that genuinely made me laugh out loud, like pretty Mm -hmm. hard. There there's, there's a joke in one episode where Oolong has to pay for three ice cream cones (laughs) with a check. And it's like, Jesus, like Oolong is just the, yeah, he's just such a deadbeat, like crappy friend. It's just very funny to me. Uh, you know, it's worth pointing out that apparently Bulma is still controlling Oolong by threatening to make him shit himself unless she does what he says, which is pretty messed up in its own right, if you think <laughs> about it. Like, that's weird. <laughs> He's, that's still a problem. He's not just hanging around because he wants to at this point. He's still just trapped there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay, whatever. And yeah, like, I, I love... Toriyama's art style. I didn't say that last time, I don't think, but I genuinely really love it. It's like the iconic, you know, anime style to me because I grew up on Dragon Ball Z yeah. and this shit. And like, it just, especially in Dragon Ball 2, I feel like it's a little cuter in a way that I actually find appealing. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a standout style among anime as well. Like it's, you know, right. most right. anime it's like, okay, this looks pretty similar general kind of character designs and then there's like the studio ghibli kind of style and then there's like this kind of style the toriyama style that is like very very unique and very kind of cartoony and like has its own little quirks right. to it right like the toriyama style is unique to yeah, him certainly for sure. nothing else really looks like it at all and that's really neat but when it comes down to it especially at the beginning of this block it's just Every single episode, there's some joke where Roshi either attempts to grab launch without her knowing about it or like look at her underwear or something. There's always something creepy and it always lasts way too long and it's just not worth it at all. Like all of the good elements of the show can't save that stuff because like I think I told you when we finished watching the Ran fan episode, which I think is actually the last one we watched together. I was like, "It this show makes my skin crawl." Yeah, like it's just relentlessly horny in the worst possible yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It's just like really, ugh. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing that I find so frustrating about it too. Thinking about it more, it's like. The show makes you complicit Mm -hmm. in whatever creepy shit is going down. Like, if there is a scene where Oolong... There's there's a scene where Bulma is standing on Oolong's shoulders, and he looks up her skirt. And like, all right, that's not great to start with. But the show also doesn't show us this in a way that's, like, even remotely good. Yeah. (laughs) Like... It shows, like, the camera shows up her skirt. Like, that's, the the show makes you see what the characters are looking at, regardless of whether or not you want to see it. Yeah, right. And the show is so 
pervy and how it frames women that like all of this stuff, it just keeps piling up like, and it, again, it just makes my skin crawl and it's not worth it. It's not worth watching all of this shit to get to like the handful of things that are actually very funny or like cool. And that's the worst part about the show. And like, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, well, if you could look past that stuff, then it's actually a great show. But like, you know, it's easy for me to look past it. I'm a straight man. Sure. I'm not the one who's being victimized here. This is Uh, the one show. It's just creepy. This is the one show we've watched that makes me really actually want to seek out the Toonami censored version. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, the version that cut this crap out. Huh. Maybe that's actually decent. <laughs> yeah. Too bad you can't find I it I mean, anywhere. I guess. And the other thing, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, like, the thing that sucks is you end up being in this position where it's like, well, would I rather the show just have no women yeah. at all? Or would I rather have women, but they're constantly subject to some kind of gross sexual joke? Like, that's not a great choice to have to make. Yeah, right. So, overall, like, I don't know if I even want to ever watch this show again. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we should even actually cover the whole thing for this podcast. Yeah, it's a pretty miserable... It's truly insufferable. Yeah, pretty miserable slog there. Uh, and, I mean, we can talk about that off mic. We don't need to hash that out sure. here. So, I guess stay tuned. This is the last we're going to be doing for now, which was always the plan. Yeah. But... I don't know. Maybe we'll get back to Dragon Ball. Maybe we won't. But it is pretty unwatchable a lot of the time, which, again, sucks because some of this stuff is, as I was saying, the DNA of Dragon Ball Z. And yeah. It's cool to see, like, the proto form of that. And just, like, classic but, shit to our childhoods as it is, which, you know, makes right, it all the right. more difficult. Right. But, of course, then it's also full of all this yeah. creepy, gross yeah. shit. So, I don't know. I would not recommend it right now. No, I certainly would uh, think. I, I, yeah, or at I all, think really. we could already <laughs> say for a recommendation, it's best left in the past. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is the definition, like, like we said last week, best left in the past for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was just in a one-to-one discussion that you said it was the definition, no. <laughs> but you are 100% correct <laughs> yeah. on that. Like, this is absolutely what I was thinking of. And I was like, eh, will it hold up at all? Oh, well, it's completely offensive and makes my fucking stomach turn. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, no, yeah, thanks. Right. I don't think I'm going to be watching this. Just watch so, Dr. Slump. The, the results of the. <laughs> I said, just watch Dr. Slump instead. Yeah, I guess. I can't speak to that because I haven't no, really I seen know. it. But watch the movie anyway. The movie yeah, was that's fun. great. Uh, so get into the bet. We we bet on how many times Launch sneezed on camera. I thought I was going to lose because in her first episode, she sneezes a lot. Yeah, yeah. But after that, it's almost entirely off camera whenever she sneezes. So I actually ended up winning insanely. Yeah. Uh, which means I am going to pick the next thing we're going to watch. And you know what? We, we just sat through two uh, blocks of Dragon Ball. Before that, we sat through two blocks of Chronicles of the Heroic Ugh. Knight. Like, with with the only interruption being the He-Man movie, which even <laughs> itself isn't particularly great. Yeah, it's truly a difficult couple months for us. <laughs> yeah, so we've we've just been watching a bunch of garbage, and we've said this before, it has been 
legitimately affecting my desire to even produce the mm-hmm. podcast yeah. at all, personally. So we're going to take a break from watching Toonami stuff, because what we've got coming up on the docket, it's mostly a lot of kind of similar, this might be bad stuff. Yeah, not Dragon Ball bad, and but still like, you know, bad in a probably the normal way you know uh, yeah just stuff that's not well not well done instead of kind of well done but incredibly creepy and gross (laughs) you know that's i i don't mean to keep talking about this but that really is the thing about dragon ball that pisses me off like it is well done it's just also really creepy yeah it's 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 real hard to see past that but hey what what are we uh what are we watching yeah, yeah. So what we're going to watch is one of my favorite anime series uh, that I've been trying to convince Peter to watch for a while. And, I, and we were talking about it. And it was just like, let's just fucking watch it for the podcast. That's going to be Turn A Gundam. Uh, it has a totally silly name and a totally silly main Gundam design. But <laughs> honestly, it is like at least my second favorite Gundam series after Zeta Gundam and possibly my favorite. I, it's just an extremely good show and i want to watch it yeah. so we're just going to start watching that next week i don't know how many episodes we're going to watch we got to figure that yeah, out yeah but hell yeah i'm yeah, excited that's that's what we'll be doing next time so until then i'm michael doak and i'm peter Eby. and be sure to rejoin us in two weeks for the start of turn a gundam Hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're staying safe and wearing a mask in public. If you have the means, please remember to provide for others in your community by donating to the local food bank or towards a social cause like Black Lives Matter. Of course, again, if you have the means, I understand a lot of people are struggling right now. So if you can help other people out, please do so. And if you cannot, then I guess make sure you're doing okay. If you like, you can follow us at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Of course, subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts is also a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps us find new listeners, and we just appreciate seeing what you have to say. So thanks again. Uh, In two weeks, we will be starting Turn A Gundam. So, bye.